Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. It was only on Monday that CBS released a clip of Harry and Meghan's upcoming Oprah interview featuring the Duke. Now it's the Duchess's turn to speak. How do you feel about the palace hearing you speak your truth today? I don't know how they could expect that after all of this time, we would still just be silent if there is an active role that the firm is playing in perpetuating falsehoods about us. And if that comes with risk of losing things, I mean, I've there's a lot that's been lost already. Coincidentally or not, that's come out as Meghan faces accusations of bullying staff in 2018. Lawyers for the Sussexes have dismissed the claims as a calculated smear campaign based on misleading and harmful information. Buckingham Palace, though, says it's investigating. The Evening Standard's Jonathan Prynne is here. Jonathan, it seems that there are a lot of allegations being thrown around by a lot of people right now, and that's before this interview even airs in the US on Sunday. Who's saying what about whom? Well, it's, it's actually it's quite difficult to keep up. I mean, there's a, there seems to be a new kind of volley of words uh, either going east or west across the Atlantic uh, every, every day at the moment. But in the, the latest we have today is an, another trailer clip um, from this, uh, the, the Opera Winfrey interview that everyone's waiting for, that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex recorded uh, a little while ago now. Uh, it's the first time we've heard Meghan's voice from the interview. She talks about Buckingham Palace perpetuating falsehoods uh, about her and Harry, um, and that's the reason why she's no longer prepared to be silenced. And there's been no official response from Buckingham Palace so far, but as you've written in the Evening Standard today, sources have told you that the latest claims could be seen as pretty upsetting. Meanwhile, Meghan is being accused of bullying staff at Kensington Palace, which Buckingham Palace now says that they're going to be investigating as well. It feels like there's something building up here. It looks like there's going to be a big row, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, there's no... There's no coincidence, I'm sure, in the timing of these bullying uh, uh, accusations, allegations, I suppose, that were emerged in, in the Times yesterday, which the couple obviously have very, very strenuously denied and, and, and described as, as a smear against them. Um, but, yeah, there's no coincidence in the timing. Um, I think there are, it feels that there are forces within the palace who, who are obviously very keen for this side of the story to come out ahead of the ahead of the interview to try and sort of un- undermine its impact, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's just extraordinary um, that this, this sort of uh, tit-for-tat um, stuff is, is, is going on between Buckingham Palace and a couple who until relatively recently were, you know, an inner, inner part of the, of the senior royal family. 
And all of this is taking place so publicly right now. I mean, all this must be really difficult for the Queen, whose husband, Prince Philip, is in hospital right now. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I imagine it's, it's, it's very difficult for her personally. I mean, you know, these are absolutely dreadful headlines day in, day out on, on the front pages of pretty much all national newspapers and around the world as well on websites and, and TV and, and all the rest of it. None of, none of it is, is good. Of course, at the same time, her husband of, of uh, 70 years is in hospital and has been for a couple of weeks now with what we can only assume is a you know reasonably serious um, condition for her for him to have been in there that long. It started with an infection, but we now know that he's had a procedure for a pre-existing heart condition as well. And none of that is routine for you know a 99-year-old man. So, yeah, I mean, really worrying times for her, I'm sure. But as ever, you know, she's what what we've seen of her in public recently, which isn't very much. But what we have seen of her is the usual unflappable queen um, that that we've known for so long. And there's much more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. Now, the London mayoral race has just kicked off, and Sadiq Khan's campaign launch at Bounds Green and Haringey didn't quite go as expected. Sadiq! Sadiq! Will you talk to us a minute? This is very socially regressive and it's killing people with the air pollution. Sadiq, why won't you talk to us? Evening Standard City Hall editor Ross Lydell was there. Ross, what happened? So this was uh, earlier this morning outside a rather trendy cafe in Bounds Green, quite near the tube station, when uh, word got round that Sadiq had turned up to use this cafe which had previously received some funding from City Hall to keep going during the pandemic to launch his mayoral election, a re-election campaign. The event started around 10 o'clock this morning with the formal media launch. People began to tweet his appearance and then maybe about half past 10, the first of these protesters rolled up on a bike to be joined by a few other perfectly reasonable people who lived nearby and were concerned about what's known as an LTN or low traffic neighbourhood. And uh, basically, they showed no sign of budging, despite being told after a while that Sadiq had actually left via the back door. They weren't having it. They didn't believe it because, you see, you could see his police Range Rover parked further down the road. So in the end, Sadiq was actually told to stay inside the cafe by his police officers for his own safety in case things turned a bit nasty, although there was no obvious sign that might happen. Uh, and, and after about Sadiq being in for an hour or so, holed in this cafe at the back of it, he decided he simply got to get back to City Hall, uh, headed off briskly down the road to his car to be pursued by uh, some of these protesters who basically just wanted the chance to make their point and talk to him rather than actually to confront him in any sort of violent way. So they didn't get to speak to him, but you did, Ross. Um, and, and you went in there straight in there because, of course, this is a, an election that's been delayed by a year. There was, last year, quite a big gulf between Sadiq Khan and the Conservatives. It did seem like it was going to be pretty boring. You go straight in there and ask him, is this going to be a boring election? <laughs> the, mo- the most boring election ever, I think it was you said, Ross. That, this is the concern that basically not only is it highly unusual and that we're having it as we come out of the pandemic and out of the lockdown, which will certainly at the start restrict canvassing and campaigning, but also the question is, you know, are people really that bothered about who's mayor of London and is it going to make much difference to their lives as we move forward? 
And uh, Sadiq said he was concerned that turnout could be low, so he's very keen that people apply for a postal vote. Uh, people not unreasonably have got concerns in relation to the virus. We're keen to make sure that we don't do anything that inadvertently uh, risks people's uh, safety, whether it's our campaigners or Londoners. That's why I'm encouraging Londoners to make sure they're registered to vote and then to register for a postal vote so they can vote safely from home. In general, the issue will be that whether there'll be enough noise and interest around the mayoral election with so much else going on, you know, and people probably more concerned about will their jobs be saved? When can they get out of their houses? When can they, you know, get their kids back to school? When can they go and exercise and meet their friends? And probably most of all, when can they go back to the pub and have one almighty good drink? So it's all down to the campaigns to try and reinvigorate things. And City Khan appears to be going down the line of jobs. It's really important uh, that the mantra for a second term, if I'm re-elected, is jobs, jobs and jobs. Because I, I've seen over the last ye- year uh, our city experiencing more than 300,000 job losses uh, linked with the pandemic. Uh, I'm quite clear we in City Hall need to be protecting the jobs that we have in our city. We need to be uh, supporting job creation and we need to be helping those Londoners who lose their jobs get back into work as soon as possible. Is that going to be the vote winner for him? Well this is a bit of a strange one to go on. You know last year when he started he was talking more about housing and affordable housing which he's got more control over. He hasn't actually got that many jobs to look after, if you like. Well, he has in terms of the Met Police Transport for London, but the the, the Greater London Authority isn't a massive direct employer, uh, and therefore he can't necessarily generate many more jobs. What he's going to look to do is to try and create this illusion that by voting for Sadiq can help you save your job. He can certainly lobby the government for schemes such as a furlough scheme to remain in place as long as needed to essentially prevent people being made unemployed. And he can also try to increase, you know, training schemes and so on if people do lose their jobs. But this is really the, you know, job creation is really at the margins of what City Hall does. So it's slightly an odd tack to take. Let's talk about the election itself. Has that been altered by the lockdown by this pandemic we know it's obviously been delayed by a year but will the actual process of it be any different will people be voting uh, any differently this time around in general no although there are a couple of tweaks so basically that polling day will happen as normal on may the 6th and you can go to the polling station polling stations will be made uh, as covid secure as possible so we already know that people are being asked to bring their own pencil to mark their ballot rather than sharing pencils that might be left around the old classic stubby pencil uh, however what all the candidates are doing are in, is encouraging people to get a postal vote so they've got no need to actually go to the polling station on the day and as we mentioned you can actually get a postal vote over the next month or so by letting your local council know that you want one. The other couple of things are that you can actually apply for a proxy vote so somebody can vote in your place. And also the other big change is that the result of the election won't be known until probably Saturday evening. We go to the polls on the Thursday the 6th. Normally we know the next day, the Friday evening, who's won. uh, But the count will be much slower this time and we won't find out for about 48 hours at least uh, who's won. In the Evening Standard, we'll have the most comprehensive London mayoral election coverage anywhere. Find it in the newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. And that's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow at 4pm.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.